0: Hello and welcome to our monthly podcast series, In Conversation With. Hello and welcome to the Global Cosmetics News podcast. Today we'll be talking about the ingredient everyone is talking about, that's CBD. And first, it's my pleasure to introduce our panellists. We have Joanna Bell, Brand Insight and Content Director at Free the Birds, Gemma Coleo, Managing Director of Oto in the studio. And on the phone, we have Colleen Quinn, Clinical Aromatherapist, Formulator and Brand Consultant, and Casey Georgeson, Founder of St. Jane Beauty. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining
1: us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank
2: you.
0: So CBD has become a uh, supercharged wonder ingredient of late. Let's just start by talking about what it is, where it comes from, and why it has proven so popular. Colleen, do you want to start us off with a little background on CBD?
1: CBD, without getting too complicated or technical. CBD was and um, was used for a very long time, mostly in North America, within cannabis, hemp, and marijuana as medicinal product. It was also used for recreational purposes until the prohibition. So I should, sorry, take a step back my way and explain the difference between marijuana and hemp. So very basically, marijuana tends to have higher THC levels than hemp. So hemp is what we typically use within the beauty industry to get our CBD. So CBD is in both of the cannabis species. However, we use it from hemp because that's what we're legally allowed to use it for. Marijuana tends to be used more for medical purposes. So CBD is a cannabinoid or a phytocannabinoid, meaning that it comes as it's a, it's a plant-based cannabinoid. And there's lots of cannabinoids within the hemp plant, as well as terpenes and fatty acids and lots of other goodies that come within the plant. But CBD has been the one cannabinoid that the beauty industry has identified as being most beneficial as an ingredient, and partly because of early research into its antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties.
0: And why has this ingredient become so popular recently? Um, We've had hemp-based beauty around for some time, but it hasn't grabbed the headlines.
3: Why the sudden boom? Gemma, you're about to launch a brand. Tell us why you decided to. Basically, my experience of CBD came from America. Um, I was living in San Francisco and just discovered CBD there and just couldn't believe the amount of benefits that this one unbelievable ingredient actually has. Obviously, the benefits for anti-inflammatory are wonderful, but I mean, it's fantastic for sleep, stress, anxiety. There's just an unbelievable amount of things it can help with. I, I don't think we've seen an ingredient that can help with this amount of things. I certainly haven't for a long time. And I personally started using CBD when I was in America and just found it was wonderful for me, um, mostly for sleep and anxiety. I was working in the fashion industry then, so definitely needed a little bit of help with that side of things. And then, you know, obviously now seeing how it can help with skin and inflammation. And I feel like, you know, we're only touching the surface of what this amazing ingredient can do. I mean, we have an endocannabinoid system and as part of our bodies and the research into that is, you know, is coming now but now we're starting to see the most amazing benefits from it. And I think that we're just going to see more and more products coming out to help more and more things. And Casey, do you want to add to that from from a U.S. perspective?
0: Um, How's it grown? How's the movement grown over there?
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely echo what um, was just said. I have a similar story. I think that, you know, when I first started getting into this world, it was when we were legalizing marijuana here in California. And I live in San Francisco. And so I was actually reading an article um, that the headline read, CBD is nature's Zenx meets Advil, and I mm. thought, okay, what is this? So I walked into a dispensary in San Francisco and said, "Show me all of your CBD products. I'm not interested necessarily in THC, but I want to understand CBD because if it does what you know we we believe that it does in these early stages of understanding it, then it is truly the most exciting skincare ingredient of our time. And I think to the question about, you know, hemp derived products have been around for so long, it's very true, but I think the distinction there is that hemp seed products have been used for a very long time versus cannabidiol versus CBD, which is from a different, you know, part of the plant. And so CBD being a molecule like H2O is. Um, it can be found, to your point, in marijuana or in hemp, but we're just starting to understand you know, the benefits of pulling out the CBD with the other cannabinoids and terpenes from the hemp plant or from the marijuana plant, hemp being low in THC, which is why it's more legal and easier to use in America and is protected now under our farm bill. It's being understood as a wellness ingredient, and, a, and we're starting to learn more and more about the benefits of, of the, the ingredient in skincare. And so, I think we are just getting started, and there are, you know, so many studies that are in progress now. But the groundswell of anecdotal evidence and passion for the ingredient in the past couple of years, as it's risen in popularity, shows that it's it's just getting started.
0: And let's talk about that, because uh, with the sort of boom in CBD of late, there has been a lot of claims flying about about it. Can we substantiate those yet? I mean, is it what can we actually say are the beauty benefits of CBD that are backed up by data right now? And what are we hoping to say in the future? Joanna, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
4: Well, interestingly, Free the Birds is an agency and we specialize in healthcare and beauty branding. So it's interesting for us because it's come onto our radar in the last, say, year and a half as in something that big business really want to get a hold of and that's OTC big businesses healthcare as well as the beauty side of things and so from what we're seeing on the the healthcare side there's a real um, need for them to understand as you said Xanax plus Avil is a, a big um, competitor in analgesia and and that's both topical and internal so you know when we look at some of the claims there we know that CBD in high concentration as an isolate has got some really fantastic um, effects we know it's anti kerolytic it means it's fantastic for psoriasis and eczema it reduces the overproduction of skin cells we know that it's a potent um, anti-inflammatory as we've already talked about a lot of research um, from Korea knows it's effective against P. acne um, bacteria so that's good for acne vulgaris we know that there's lots of other um, things coming through and also it's quite profoundly good at CBD Um, um, regulating sebum production which comes down to what you were saying about the endocannabinoid system that is fundamentally the body's balancer of everything all that you know our emotions our mood our oil glands it's it's kind of a natural rebalancer so we know that these these things are happening but what's notable about that research is that that research is is being done in you know pretty much animal models rat models skin models but in a very specific way with high concentrate cbd in isolation. But that doesn't necessarily translate directly through to what we know in the real world on skin because of, I think we've already alluded to that, what, what, what product are we actually talking about when we are saying a CBD oil or a CBD product? What proportion? How is it applied when it's sublingual through the body versus through the skin? So there's still a lot of evidence needed in real world environment compared to say The lab research, which is incredibly promising, which is coming back to why I said working with healthcare brands, they're really concerned (laughs) because, you know, there's all these amazing properties that it can have in the health benefit space. But yet, typically, the products coming out aren't going through these onerous medicine barriers so they're kind of seeing some of their um their market taken away but they but if you imagine the competitors aren't doing say the same rigorous you know getting them licensed by the FDA or for example in America so it's really interesting Colleen do you want to add a little bit
0: about um what CBD perhaps CBD oil we should we should add brings to a, a beauty formulation what what is it bringing to the table
1: yeah I will but just actually to pick up on that research piece the the I completely agree with it, with the girl. The amount of antidotal evidence that's out there is undeniable. And you know, yes, clinical studies will come in time, more so now because of the bill that was passed in December. But we really are relying on antidotal evidence. But you know, when you work in this space and you see the results with the with the ingredient, it's really hard to you know you're not going to argue with it basically. But our scientists definitely want research and they're working on it. There's one particular scientist who's based around Vermont. Um, called Ethan Russo, who's a fascinating doctor, and he's studying it in terms of reducing cancer tumours. Now, his research is very early, but the um, early results he's sort of slowly publishing, quietly publishing, are fascinating. But in terms of how it affects the beauty formulation, is very interesting. We, I always find there's like a really positive and a slightly concerning element of it in beauty in that we ideally, there's no, there's no, no one has ever been able to give us that effective ratio. So no one's ever been able to say to us, you need to have 0.2% of C B D or 2% or 20% C B D in a formulation for it to actually be anti-inflammatory to a level where it will make a difference to say cold state or make a difference in a wellness product to lactic acid buildup in a joint. So we don't have that that number. Now I'm confident that number will come with research. But for now, my concern in the beauty world is that we people are buying C B D skincare. But the CBD content in a product is 0.002. So it's in there as a token ingredient. And we don't know if it's effective at that level, but it's been fully marketed on that one ingredient that might be the smallest quantity in the product. But when CBD is formulated in a product at a decent level, and my my baseline for that is 1%, so then CBD is in there, whether you're using isolate, distillate or full spectrum, if it's in there, it even is 1%. The anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits are huge. But the other side of that is that when I see it in a beauty formulation that's taken internally with like in a tincture or in a novel food product, it's even more anti-inflammatory and even more productive for sleep.
0: So Gemma, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you've navigated that sort of difficulty of of there not being quite enough data to support what
3: formulation are you using absolutely so i think you know this was one of our major reasons for starting oto um when i came back to um the uk i went out to buy my cbd products and ultimately a lot of the products that were out on the market did not contain enough cbd to ultimately have an effect and you know there's a huge risk that it will become a fad if if products just don't put enough CBD in. Um, And I think it's such a shame because ultimately, you know, these huge benefits that people can have from CBD, uh, you know, they might not realize, they might try it and they might think, oh, it doesn't work for me or, you know, Oh, this is rubbish. But actually, they're probably not getting enough CBD. So I think that was one of the main angles that we went at it from, you know, that was what we wanted to make sure that we made products that had enough CBD in that they would actually work. We are lucky enough to have two scientists in our team, so I'm not going to talk to the science because I'll get it wrong. (laughs) Um, But they have basically analysed all the data which is out there, and there is a lot of data out there. You know, if you look for it, you, you can find great data. And we've come up with an amount that we believe will work for people Um, so you don't have to muck around with you know putting a couple of drops under your tongue or you know (laughs) trying this amount or trying to work out what your weight is to use this amount that you know might work Um, we just say this is the amount that we believe will work and basically once we develop that amount we then have backed it up with our own trials. I think ultimately We have to be trying these things ourselves and really believing that they are going to work. Um, So we've done two rounds of consumer trials now with our Oto Oil and we've had absolutely fantastic results. Um, I think 83% of people found that they had improved sleep. 86% of people reduced stress and anxiety. Who experienced fatigue felt that they had better energy levels this week my mum rubbed it on her face because she, her eczema is really bad on her face and woke up the next morning with no eczema um, you know there is so many things that this can help with and and I think you know making sure there really is a quantity in there that is that works is the most important thing
0: and that is the danger isn't it I mean Joanne for example if the claims are not substantiated or if people jump on this trend I'd say irresponsibly without getting the formulation correct, it could damage the entire industry, couldn't it? Are we in danger of, of a consumer backlash?
4: It's interesting because I think we, we briefly discussed before, which was around the difference in the market, say here in the UK versus America and how it's it's been a kind of, an, as we said about the offshoot of the legalisation process of marijuana. So there's been a lot much longer process of people Understanding um, CBD, THC, and how that might work in the UK. What's happened? It's been very underground, and and I was saying it's kind of it's amusing. There, there's almost no kind of cool factor when a lot of the people have been driving the trend here have been like the Paulines and the Shirley's uh, the baby boomers, because they've been using it for their arthritis or pain or injury. So it's it's really interesting. It's come from a very practical place here. And I think there's an understanding, and it's come out of Holland and Barrett. It hasn't come out in a kind of, you know, cool, edgy place. It's come to the first retail position as a very traditional um, health food retailer. So it has credibility by being there and in health first. But what we've noticed is that there are so many you know, it's particularly the big businesses jumping on the bandwagon. I'm thinking of uh, perhaps Keels or perhaps Origins that are using. They're saying cannabis sativa oils. I think Herbivore are doing it as well. It's hemp. It's hemp seed oil. It's not CBD. And I think that interestingly, it's almost like you know we're living in times of transparency where consumers. You know, we talk about skin intellectuals. Know what hyaluronic acid is. They know what ascorbic acid is. Vitamin C. They know that. The, Anything that looks like a kind of fakery or a fob off actively makes people have a backlash against that. Why you you know, we live in the times of the ordinary and the inky list. This is a time where people are very capable of looking these things up and I feel like big brands jumping in on it in that bandwagon way actively could have a backlash but then the interesting thing is where transparency works that smaller companies like OTO or St. Jane you know that are really really clear and transparent about their evidence about what they're putting in if they can certify if they do their lab tests if they can be very very clear then i think the best will rise to the top i think i think then it becomes something that but that's the. But I guess this is the thing. It's the same with all skincare beauty brands now. It doesn't matter how big you are. If it doesn't feel honest, open, transparent. If there's any hint of like whitewash or greenwash or any kind of wash, people are increasingly moving away. They don't like being hoodwinked. So I think that there there is this danger of it being a fad if they're doing. It, but I also think that we that consumers are very savvy now, and those that play to that savvy nature of the consumer will re- benefits You said, you know, it's a decent ingredient, has amazing potential benefits. So those that do it right and do it respectfully, they consume, I think, could reap huge rewards. Casey, do you want to add to that?
2: Definitely. No, I think that it is so true. I think transparency, authenticity and the education around the type of um, ingredients that you're using, the type of CBD, meaning... Isolate, distillate, full spectrum. The levels are critical. You know, there is a lot of questions still around concentrations, but I think, you know, we, with St. Jane, we formulated in our luxury beauty serum with 500 milligrams because we wanted to make sure that we were giving what we felt was a dose, eight milligrams per dropper in every application, because we wanted people to not have the. that other brands were offering. And I think also messaging that we are full spectrum, which means that we're taking all of the other cannabinoids from the whole plant, infusing that into our formula. I think that's important. And I think that as this industry evolves, the consumer is going to become more educated and more savvy. Right now, I think there still is a lot of misinformation to the point about some of the big brands taking advantage of the term cannabis sativa on their inky list. Is going to change, and this this the consumer is going to become more savvy about. Well, okay, I may not need full spectrum for my skin, but I'm interested in isolate, and they're going to understand the differences. So, I I think that we we have a lot of opportunity to educate, and the brands that are really doing it. You know, Saint Jane is only two months old, really, but we've gotten a lot of feedback, positive feedback, that our transparency in Things like messaging our concentration levels, making sure that we're very clear about our other ingredients that we include, we're organic, we're eco-certified. And we also will provide our lab results if anybody wants to see them, because I think that's important too. It's almost like we're formulating, you know, we're formulating with a wellness ingredient, but it borderlines medicinal. And so we want to make sure that we're communicating the right levels, that we're testing our products and our levels are accurate. Um, and I think as, again, as the industry evolves, consumers are going to become more savvy, retailers are certainly becoming more savvy, and um, it's going to be a very critical piece of the puzzle.
0: Let's talk about product, because up until this point, it's been mainly a skincare ingredient, but now we have a mascara from milk. Um, I got an email this morning about a fake tan. We have uh, candles, bath bombs, <laughs> What What is CBD bringing to these different categories and is it actually bringing anything to the table or is it something that is being included because it's a buzzword right now? Colleen, do you want to let us know about that?
1: Yeah, um, it's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> I'm not very diplomatic on this one. I think that I, <laughs> There's no I need to be diplomatic.
4: Everyone's grinning here. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay,
2: that's good. Um, so let me word
1: this diplomatically and politely. Um, so I think that when it comes to, I think CBD, like any ingredient, if we want to look at it at a beauty ingredient, it absolutely has a place in a home in certain SKUs, in certain skincare. I cannot understand the benefit of putting it in, Certain things, and obviously as a brand and a marketing team, especially if you're a marketing team, and with all respect to all brands out there, uh, if you're a brand and you're, you're you're building your brand up from a marketing point of view, you're absolutely going to use CBD because that word is going to sell today in today's market. CBD sells, so of course they're going to put it into skincare where it's main, where it's not relevant, and which is a bit silly because CBD is expensive. If you're buying good full spectrum CBD, it's expensive, so. It's not the best business decision if that CBD isn't going to be beneficial, i.e. in a facial moisturizer. Or do I get that if a brand makes a line and they have a CBD line and they have a cleanser and eye cream, facial mist and moisturizer the whole way through, I understand that. But creating a product where CBD is in the scar, Confuses me. And CBD and cannabis as a whole is very good for eye conditions um, and it's been used quite, quite a lot in America for eye conditions like glaucoma and things like that and even cataracts to ease the, the pain of cataracts. But that's not what we're dealing with in mascara. Mascara is a, a beauty product to enhance our eyelashes. So I, I never understand, totally this, I've never bought a CBD mascara.
0: Thank you. (laughs) That's, That's perfect. Let's move to the marketing because there has been some concerns raised about the marketing of CBD products and some accusations levelled that it's been irresponsible, that people are trading off the the high element of this and, and using that kind of play of words and that is glamorising drug addiction. What do we think? Should, should CBD be viewed completely differently to the more recreational side of cannabis? Um, I mean, we, we all know it doesn't contain THC but do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Jim? What do you
3: think? Yes, definitely. I mean it's it's com- completely completely different. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that is what we're seeing, you know, in a lot of brands and in a lot of stores out there. You know, people are still very much in this cannabis culture, green leaves and getting high. And ultimately, that is not what this ingredient is about at all. In fact, it's almost completely the opposite. It needs to be a wellness ingredient. You know, it needs to sit in wellness and beauty. The benefits are out there. And you know, people are starting to get on board with that. And I think, you know, what we're going to see is a move, you know, very similar to what's happening in America, where people are, you know, it's going to be in a lot nicer products and people are going to want to be using it. I mean, one of the reasons for starting Oto was to actually invent products that people really want to use and that can become part of their lifestyle and, you know, it's it, it are enjoyable to use and ultimately benefit people. Um, and I think that is the kind of move that we're seeing in the US and that is what is going to happen in the UK with time and education and the right brands coming forward with the right products. Because that is one of the interesting
0: elements of, of the CBD trend is that previously when we talked about hemp in beauty, I mean... Hemp is always going to have a sort of hippie association. It's kind of your 70s um, thing. But CBD, on the other hand, the CBD brands that I've seen coming out are extremely prestige, premium. They they have a much more expensive positioning. Joanna, do you want to talk to us?
4: Yeah, about- it's. I think it's quite interesting because I think this is actually something that reflects... The entire move of the kind of green, clean, organic beauty, what what was a kind of selling point to be an organic or green brand? And, you know, you kind of immediately think to a certain kind of homespun, hokey kind of, uh, both packaging and what you might expect, a lot of glass, very rustic looking, etc. That doesn't cut the mustard in green anymore. So, you know, people want to use efficacious, beautiful products that look lovely on their shelf. And that level of sophistication within the organic and clean beauty market, I think it it's just that CBD has gone through that very quickly it, because it's arriving into a marketplace where organic and certified and all this stuff looks fantastic so coming in and that very rough hewn hemp high vibe which might have been fine 10 years ago just it looks appalling so <laughs> so I mean so very interestingly I, I had a look around this the shelves some beautiful shelves and and to be honest most of the and I mean the CBD rich products I do not mean the ones that are kind of masquerading as CBD but the you know and I I don't know if this is, they cuss and cuss. I don't know quite if that's cush and cush, but, um, and also like Vertley and um, Hora and St. Jane and Lord Jones. And these are beautifully designed products that would, they do not look like, um, hemp they do not look like cbd they look like beautiful brands um skincare a lot of white a lot of monochrome a lot of copper detailing a lot of gold detailing very elegant some apothecary but the sophisticated apothecary think keels etc not the homespun look i don't think that cbd brands have much of an opportunity to be unsophisticated now because the wider natural market has an expectation of sophistication and authenticity. And also just to add a brand story over and above the ingredient. And I think that's the difference. So when you look at horror, I can only imagine they've got a pyramid um, logo. I imagine it's alluding to something to do with Egypt and there'll be some elements to that in their brand story, I'm sure. And and, and likewise with Oto, I've, I've had a look at some of the products. They look beautiful. Thank you. And, and you know, they have therapeutical elements as well. So I think it, the, the, the level of sophistication where CBD has to land now, if you're launching now, is just infinitely higher. Full brand story, authenticity, transparency. As we talked about, no hokey. <laughs> well,
0: Casey and Gemma can tell us a little bit about that. Casey, do you want to start telling us about um, how you thought about positioning when you were putting together St. Jane Beauty?
2: When I walked into that dispensary, it struck me. When I asked for all the CBD products, they were all very crunchy, very hippie, and didn't feel like they were developed kind of for me. So, my background is I, I used to develop all of the exclusive brands for Sephora. So, Mark Jacobs, Elizabeth and James, Marquesa, Disney Princesses. And there was a level of luxury that we always applied to everything we did. And so, walking into that dispensary and looking at the CBD, you know, on its own, I was like, wow, this is a very interesting ingredient, but there, were, there weren't any real luxury brands available. And so, when we approached St. Jane, we wanted, you know, it's the innocent side of Mary Jane, which is where our name comes from, St. Jane, and... Also St Jane was an actual person who lived in the 1500s and she was given sainthood for healing people that society wouldn't otherwise touch so the very old the very sick the unwed mothers and so we really wanted to create sort of a healing wellness centric approach to beauty with luxury as the overarching you know vibe of it we didn't we felt like you didn't need to compromise luxury to experience cbd and so the collection came together Um, We started with our luxury beauty serum, which we called luxury beauty serum because of the best-in-class formulation that we started with and then added CBD too. And it's been very interesting to see the reaction. I think our packaging is one of our big luxury cues and it does look very arresting. And I think the retailers have, we've been very encouraged by the retail response. Again, we're very new, but I think seeing a brand that. Uh, marries the world of, you know, sort of high-end beauty, CBD and and nice formulations is a bit breakthrough in a saturated, uh, sort of becoming saturated market. So yeah, I think the idea that you don't have to compromise to experience this incredible ingredient was part of our our big brand ethos.
0: Gemma, do you want to add to that? What were your thoughts when you were thinking about positioning
3: for Otoe? It, it was very similar, to be honest. Um, I mean, it may even be worse in the UK, so <laughs> it's getting better. Um, yeah, no. I mean, when when we started Oto, um, the positioning really was that there were no products out there that were very easy to use and enjoyable to use, and ultimately give people more than just the benefits. Actually, give people a CBD experience. So. Oto is a Japanese word which loosely means the space between sound and silence. Our kind of positioning is around space. So we basically want to give people the space to be everything they want to be. Beautiful, happy, (laughs) no stress and anxiety, sleep well, etc., etc. And we wanted that to happen in a luxury way that people could really enjoy those experiences. You know, when our CBD oils have 20% CBD in them, If you are going to have an effect from CBD, you will with with our oils. We we know that you will. And, you know, not just that, you will have a fantastic experience. You know, each oil is also blended with over 10 aromatherapy oils to also give other benefits to everyone. Um, So you get the full experience. And I think, you know, people want brands that are, you know, being really ethical and, you know, have a meaning behind them, but also that they can just really love and enjoy and it can be part of their lifestyle, part of their daily routine. And for us, that is why we wanted to be able to bring the power of CBD to people through our products.
0: Talking about the luxury positioning, the retailers that have recently displayed lots of interest in CBD are on the luxury side aren't they we've got sephora obviously has a cbd section we've got neiman marcus barney's urban outfitters and free people
4: cult, cult beauty as well Cult beauty the, yeah. i mean
0: it, it certainly is moving less health food more luxury beauty joanna do you want to uh, add to that to be fair
4: it's that's reflective of the wider trend in beauty to effectively kind of hollow out the middle away from the mass, which, you know, kind of low-value, high-impact skincare like the Inkies and the the Ordinaries. And then, uh, uh, as Gemma said, in terms of really elevating the brands into prestige and luxury beauty, where people really are looking to have that wider experience to treat themselves. And and interestingly, for... CBD is an ingredient within the brand space, because it does have, it. you know, obviously some of the claims and obviously some of the benefits really are about that sense of balancing, about well-being, it, you know, it doesn't really make sense to have it in a mass skincare product, which is very typically very functional. The You know, the mass, the supermarket shelf, you know, they're not really ever selling experiences, feelings, emotions. Some do. There are some that are capable of doing that. But when you think about the kind of place or space you'd want to be, if you have the benefits of CBD, we're thinking of lovely, calm wonderful rarefied spaces your bathroom your quiet where it doesn't really map on to the supermarket shop or the grocery store shop so it kind of makes sense that's where it's sitting and and, and we also said around Colleen said around it's an expensive ingredient and if it's going to be working in skincare at high formulation it It should be expensive. But then it can also happily sit as a food supplement in your health food shop. Um, And that's where Colin Barrett gives it credibility because you'll have a sense that it all will have been tested. So I think it it sits very happily at the functional end, but also at the luxury end.
0: Piper Jeffrey, for example, is predicting that all major retailers um, will catch on to this trend. There's a lot of money slashing around. Euromonitor is putting huge growth figures on CBD and unsurprisingly, the regulators are now showing some concern. um the EUs stepped in, it's it's considering reclassifying CBD as a novel food. Colleen, do you want to talk to us a little bit about how regulation could affect the market?
1: I, it's affected hugely and then I think in the UK so there's all the different markets but I think you know I hate to say this word but Brexit. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, know. Well, I know sorry I said it once and not will say it again. Um, Brexit <laughs> will affect us and that the likelihood is that the UK will have to set up their own regulatory body. Now the prediction at the minute among the regulation brains is that they will simply duplicate the REITs regulations which if they do that that will be easier for us because, you know, in the EU we understand REACH regulations, it's been our it's been our home for a long time. The concern is with the REACH regulations is that they're narrowing down. so they're fine with oil a lot fine. But with C B D, it's very difficult to get and, and say on they're saying that we have to use cannabis sativa on the inky, um, which is fine. But actually a lot of our C B D does not come from cannabis sativa straight, it comes from a blend. Um, so, what we're listening on our inky isn't necessarily accurate and true to the CBD we're using. So, I kind of feel that the men's with regulations brands are having to, they're not wrong, but they are forced to sort of state something that's not true to their their actual ingredient and their brand. So, until reach open up that landscape and and give us the correct inky names and cast numbers and all of that, we're kind of a bit restricted. And then the other fear is that. Yes, the and the hemp, the hemp UK, the association are fighting really hard to stop CBD and hemp being classed as a novel food ingredient. Now it, that movement has started to class it as a novel food ingre- ingredient, um, which just makes the beauty world really restricted as to how we can use it and how we can speak about it. So it kind of it makes our marketing and our messaging difficult, but it also makes our actual compliance very difficult. But it's so early, it's just a matter of watching the space and seeing what happens and also watching what the UK do from April onwards.
0: Let's talk about development of this because, I mean, my understanding, although I, I am not a scientist, is that there's uh, 483 compounds and counting in the cannabis yeah. plant that could be used. I mean, are we going to see new um, exciting ingredients coming out? And also CBD itself is now being developed from non-cannabis sources. Um, mm-hmm. wh- where can we see the market
1: going next? Yeah, well, it's really interesting you asked that I just finished an article on C B G. Not because I'm bored with C B D or anything, but <laughs> there's um early research coming out in Israel about C B G and how it may be internally more anti inflammatory than C B D. Therefore if you were take if you were, you know, post uh, post operation or you had an internal situation, um like let's say hypothetically and um, for argument's sake, a digestive problem, you know massaging a topical level of CBD onto your stomach is not going to be as effective as taking and tincture with high levels of CBD. So there's no evidence that CBD could be more anti-inflammatory. And I've always thought the argument that CBD is absolutely amazing as a cannabinoid. It's one of the most powerful cannabinoids. There's no taking that away from it. But And the little evidence supports that. But do we know about it most because we've studied it most or because it's the best? And until we put as much effort and weight behind studying the other cannabinoids and combinations of the other cannabinoids, we can't really say it's the best. It's definitely the best we have now because it's the most supported. But I would say in about five to 10 years, I think two things will happen. I think the other cannabinoids will be sitting alongside CBD as equally as important for different um, therapeutic functions. And I think the other thing we will see is that the cannabinoids and hemp as a whole will become a day-to-day supplement that we take for our, to stimulate our immune system. Because ultimately, um, I think this is Joanna. Excuse me if I'm wrong. Mentioned the endocannabinoid system at the start of this conversation, and the endocannabinoid system is amazingly powerful. But we're technically all deficient in cannabis because the only thing that feeds the endocannabinoid system is the cannabinoids, and most of us generally don't have enough of it in our body. There's a huge amount of the world don't take it at all. So until we start taking it, I think in five to ten years we'll be taking some form of this plant as a day-to-day supplement the way we take vitamin D in the UK because we have no (laughs) sun. I think we're just going to be taking it as a a day-to-day supplement to support our body.
0: I mean that certainly is supported by Euromonitor. Monitor. They're predicting that by 2030, outcome-based brands will be made by household names. So we'll yeah. we be picking this up with our weekly shop. What do you think, Johan?
4: Absolutely. And I and I think the the conversation about the regulatory environment, you said, we've been kind of forced into kind of declaring things on the inky that isn't quite correct. I think that having clarity in the regulatory environment and to have some system of grading and testing that is, you know, something similar perhaps to SPF that is kind of really across the board um, in terms of the efficacy and whether that could be, um, you know, different cannabinoids in compound or isolate. You know, it, it, that transparency, getting to that place, enables the kinds of claims to be made by brands. And I think one of the things that's been very useful in healthcare has been where you are unable to do full clinical trials, which cost millions and millions of pounds. Um, and you can do real world evidence trials where you can source, you know, four, 10,000 people. And the real world evidence is used as a bolster of wellness claims. So I'm thinking that there's something that Sudocrem have done, um, the the, in, the the baby bum cream, um, <laughs> and Infocol and Anticolic. And the company that owns that you know, didn't take it to clinical trials, but what they did was real-world evidence trials using thousands of people to enhance their claims. So I think there should be, and hopefully an emerging regulatory environment over what people are allowed to use and where they're allowed to use it. But similarly, I think there's possibly a role for... CBD and other cannabinoid brands to come together to look to some sort of regularised lab testing that it gives a virtue system around everybody. It benefits everybody. And I'm thinking that there's um, a private equity company in the States called LB Equity, and they've bought into a platform called Standard Dose, which is in the U.S., they do their own lab tests the company's products that they sell will do their own lab tests. they're very transparent and lb said they kind of saw it as almost like you know the good housekeeping tick of approval for from standard dose so something that has that kind of endorsement and transparency will be very useful and you know when you are using this as your supplement in five to ten years time you'll know that it's signed off it has that evidence base without having to go to the full need of all the full clinical trials, which hopefully will be happening from the health side anyway.
0: Casey, what do you think? Where do you see the market in five or ten years' time?
2: Yeah, these are all great points. I think that, you know, the fact that the, the CBD has just been sort of more more legalized and out of the gray zone since the passing of the farm bill in December, it now opens up a world of possibilities on the research front that weren't available before. And so the legality is almost 100% what we're waiting on is the FDA to weigh in. And the FDA, I agree, the worst case scenario, worst and best case scenario, um, harder for brands but better for consumers, is that the FDA will treat CBD like SPF. And all brands have to go through the FDA process to be able to say that they include CBD. I think that, you know, I agree with all of the um, sort of standardization comments around making sure that we use the correct inky terminology, I think consumers, to the point earlier, consumers are going to start to expect that. I think cannabis sativa as an inky is still very confusing and misleading because it's also hemp seed oil. It's the inky for hemp seed oil. And so for us as sort of the pioneers in the space to figure out what the correct terminology is, make sure that we standardize it across all brands. If it's cannabis sativa, you know, from leaf, flower, and stem, then you start to understand that it's not just the seed, which is the hemp seed oil, which does not contain any CBD. And so we need to figure out whatever that terminology is. I think that the industry will start to standardize. We can all move forward so consumers are more aware um, of what they're purchasing. And, But I, I also love this point about the, the fact that the whole plant has so many Rich benefits. It is so nutrient dense that other cannabinoids are start, going to start to be understood on a deeper level, and it's not going to just be CBD. Right now, CBD is the tip of the iceberg, and so I think in five to ten years, we're, this this industry is going to grow. We see the, we see these huge numbers, 22 billion, 25 billion projections, and. I don't see anything stopping that except for brands that are not being transparent with consumers and starting to sort of muddy the water on efficacy around CBD um, and, you know, not including high enough levels where there actually is a performance benefit.
0: Thank you. And Gemma, um, you want to uh, conclude with your predictions for the future. What would you like to see in
3: five, 10 years' time? Well, hopefully we'll all be a lot calmer. (laughs) Sleeping better, have fantastic skin. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, this is going to become a product that people will have as part of their daily lives now and that it will become something like a vitamin that people will see a need for and will ultimately be using on a daily basis. I think, you know, the the, the regulation side of it it is important to have regulations to make sure that there is enough CBD in products and that the efficacy is there. And I think if that happens, that will be really a really good thing so people can ultimately be able to understand more and know exactly what CBD is, understand how it can benefit them, and then buy the right products that ultimately will help them. And yeah, I think that it will become... It's, it's going to be everywhere and it's going to be brilliant for everyone so yeah
0: thank you I'd like to uh, thank everybody for taking part today thank you Colleen thank you Joanna thank you Gemma and Casey and thank you to our audience for listening until next time